resolutions. This is a time for resolutions. And you know, resolutions aren't limited to New Year's. If you stop and think about it, there are all kinds of resolutions we make at Christmas and beyond. Such as, I have all my shopping, I'm going to get all my shopping done by December 15th. Even if he asks, I'm resolving not to invite Uncle Harry to dinner because he belches his way through dinner and is very disruptive. Same with my neighbor Jim, who is asleep before the salad is seen and and his snores shake the table. And then there's Mikey. He doesn't like the hint of spice in his food, none at all. But I'll invite him anyway and use a healthy dose of spices just to see him sweat. Now these are Christmas resolutions. But of course, there are far more talked about concerning resolutions in respect to the new year. I make lists of them. Then, I make lists of my lists. And then, I make a list of all the lists. This gives me the opportunity to then look at the list and say, you know, this is way too complicated. I'll never get this done. So I won't do any of them. Try it. It's a way to get out early from your resolutions. But there is one resolution that is more important than any other. It is based upon the wondrous event of God's Son coming physically to earth in the flesh and the blood of a human being. You all know the story from Luke, chapter 1, verses 30 through 33. An angel came to a teenager and who was engaged to marry a man named Joseph and said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Well, you can imagine uh, what happened with Mary there. That was a little shocking statement to be told, especially a young teenager. But we all know what the angel said came true. And it is a foundational truth of those of us who call us Christians. God sent to earth his son, and his name was Jesus. The purpose of his coming was to show us, each and every one of us, how to live our lives as God desires them to be lived. Jesus entered into a war-torn 
hate-filled world that was filled with selfish, self-centered, and uncaring people. Sound familiar? He came to show us how to live a life of peace, love, compassion, and service to God. Now, frequently we hear people say, well, why can't the spirit of Christmas last all year long? They say we can make a resolution that the celebration we call Christmas will last every month, every week, and every day. You may not want to hear it, but what prevents us from doing so is each and every single one of us. If you and I lived the way Christ intended us to live, if we lived on, out our, on a daily basis the love, the compassion, and charity that Jesus represents, then, and that are part and parcel of this specific season, the Christmas season, our communities, our nation, and the world would be a far better place. That sounds like a lot. But it's true. It's true. All those are waiting for the people of God to live out the way that we say we believe. That Jesus Christ is the hope and the light of the world. When the celebration of the coming of Christ lives in our hearts, then we will have at least made a beginning of spreading the spirit of the coming of Jesus to the entire world. And not just at one time of the year, but all year and every year. It certainly can happen. Many people have been touched by the celebration of the coming of Jesus and his message of peace on earth, goodwill towards people. Just look at our church. Look at this church and the great success we had at the Christmas pageant and our Christmas Eve services. That was an outreach to people to hear, and in case of the pageant, see the coming of Jesus Christ. I'm willing to bet you both that and our Christmas services touched probably a large number of people. That's what we're supposed to do. The, notice the words of the Apostle Paul from our second scriptural reading for today. But now, actually I think it's the first scriptural reading for today. Now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, an abusive language from your mouth. Do not live, do not, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, there is no longer circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian and Scythian, enslaved and free, 
but Christ is all and in all. Now, does the Spirit of God's Son live within our hearts and souls? Does the magic of the Christmas season reside in our hearts and souls? Do we have the love of Jesus for all people? Do we have his joy? Do we have his patience? Do we have his faithfulness? His peace? His compassion? If so, then we, we are part of the solution rather than being part of the problem. For turning the world around. Another grand statement. But it's true. It's true. How long will that take? Well, only God knows. God does know. But only God knows. However, we know it will not be easy and will require hard work and sacrifice from each one of us. Our second scriptural reading for today from Luke 22 through 40 shows us an example There was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was a very devout Jew. And he spent a lot of time in the temple. And the Holy Spirit had come to him and said, Simeon, you will not die until you see the Messiah. Definition of the Savior. The Savior of Israel and far beyond. Now, Simeon went into the temple, as he usually did, at the same time that the mother and father of Jesus came into the temple to have the purification process that takes place, in, according to the Torah, 40 days after the child was born. Simeon took one look at Jesus and said, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace. Meaning, now he could die in peace. According to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. He saw the Messiah in Jesus, a 40-day-old child. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about Jesus. This is the important part. Then Simeon blessed them and said to the mother, Mary, the child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Mary and Joseph, perhaps for the first time, could not only see Jesus' ability to challenge the hearts of others, but they know now that this will also bring opposition 
discomfort, heartbreak, and tragedy. Mary's joy in the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, is already challenged by the foreknowledge of his eventual death. Mary will be blessed in bearing the Messiah, who will reveal the heart of God to the heart of humanity. But in doing so, Mary also will grieve like any mother. She now sees the true picture of what she has brought in to the world. An example of the power of the story of Christ coming into the world can also be seen occurring in one of the most unlikely situations imaginable, at least for a period of time. It's a pretty famous story. You probably, Some of you have probably heard it before. Stuart Briscoe, a preacher, a teacher, and an author, gives one of the most striking illustrations of this fact through an event that occurred during the First World War. He tells a story told to him many years ago by an old German man. This man had fought with the Germans in the First World War. In those days, warfare was not some high-tech thing where you had all kinds of instruments and waves and so forth to be able to tell what's going on. Instead, soldiers lived, fought, and died in trenches full of mud and blood and human waste. In those trenches dug in the fields of France, enemies could actually hear their other enemies talking. They were that close. The enemy was just over there, over there, a stone's throw away. This old gentleman stated how on one cold, moonlit Christmas Eve, he huddled in the bottom of the trench. Because of the annual Christmas truce, they had an annual Christmas truce, the fighting had stopped. Suddenly, from the now he's German, suddenly from the British trenches, a loud, sweet tenor voice began to sing. The Lord is my shepherd. And the music floated up into the clear, moonlit air. Then he said something surprising. From the German trenches, a rich baritone voice joined in singing the same hymn in German. For a few moments, everybody in both trenches concentrated on the sound of these two invisible singers and the beautiful harmony they were creating. The British soldier and the German soldier sang praise to the same Lord, Jesus Christ, who was their shepherd. We huddled in the bottom of the trenches and tried to keep warm until Christmas Day. Then he said, early on Christmas morning, 
some of the British soldiers climbed out of their trenches into the no man's land between them carrying a soccer ball. The English soldiers started a soccer game in no man's land between the trenches. Then the old man said, some of the German soldiers climbed out too. And England and German, Germany played a soccer game in no man's land on Christmas Day in the middle of a battlefield in France in the First World War. Then he said, the next morning, the carnage began again with machine guns and fighting by bayonets. Happiness and sadness, life and death, hope and disillusionment, these dichotomies will mark the ministry of Jesus. And no matter which side of the path we end up on, we can see the arrival of Jesus and the power that that arrival brought to the world. Some may reject it. Some may accept it. And those who do will know and recognize the power and the glory of Jesus Christ within and among them. For those marginalized, rejected, discriminated against, and not allowed to have a voice, they will experience on Christ's arrival a salvation and hope. For those wielding unjust power, wickedness, deceit, or betrayal, they will see the true path to God, but they will also see that they are far from it and they are entering into the darkness. Jesus' presence and the power continue to test our resolve, challenge our practical minds, and ask us to pay attention to what God is doing in our lives and in the world. God continues to reveal himself to us in a multitude of ways, but especially through the story of the coming of Jesus Christ. So, the best resolution we can make is to make our hearts and our souls be filled with the knowledge of the love, truth, and the amazing birth and sacrifice of Jesus Christ this season and all seasons. These, this December, January, and all December, Januarys, those months, weeks, and years that are our future that we're here to celebrate in part for the new year. And by the way, when I greet some of you, not saying hi, hello, how are you, etc., but with Merry Christmas, you can respond in the same way. Because we can experience the spirit of Jesus coming every single day of the year. Amen.